This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Hello everyone. This is Rupa Sunku, Chief Evangelist at Touch a Life Foundation with yet another mentor loop session with you folks. Today the topic that I'm going to share with you is negotiating at a job. Most often the word negotiation is probably associated to sales. Think about your career and you have many opportunities to negotiate. You could either be negotiating a promotion, extra headcount, projects, flexibilities at work, maybe work at home, hybrid worker model, four-day work week, education paid by the employer, a coach assigned to you or a mentor assigned to you, or going ahead and prioritizing negotiating the goals for the organization or extension of deadlines. And most importantly, when you pick up a job, you would be negotiating benefits, salary package, or uh, the working details of uh, what you're coming into. So what is negotiation? Negotiation would involve two or more people finding an acceptable solution to a shared problem. Successful negotiating controls the process and you come away with results that are either satisfying or not. They may be included with compromises or takeaways or trade-offs along the way. So for projects to be successful, roles, strategies, targets, deadlines all need to be agreed upon and ideally understood to everybody's satisfaction. Negotiation is not limited to big decisions alone. When you're working with other people, much of the time is spent on negotiating even the smaller factors of deciding when we start the project and what time does everybody come in and even consider the time that you are coming in to start on the work on the client side or in a remote side or it may be who's going to collect the coffee that day. So that is what negotiating is all about. So what do you need to do to get prepared for a negotiating situation? That is do your homework. What are the things that you need to do your homework on? You need to gather and be prepared with all aspects of that situation that you are going into. You have to work hard on both the standard goals or standard acceptance of what you've got going in a project or in job or it could be a crisis mode where you have multiple people involved in the negotiation so what are the things that are the eight factors that you should consider in advance to be that starting point before you step your ground on any negotiating one is what is the goal that you're trying to negotiate what are the trade-offs that you can give and accept what are the alternatives that you have in your back pocket if the particular or the first starting proposal is not accepted so come in with more options within that task go ahead and make sure that you know all of the people who are the stakeholders and the decision makers and the relationship that they have to that context or to that project 
or to that job expected outcomes that you will be happy with or elated with so what are the primary basic outcomes that will call this a successful negotiation or is it more than just that basic sense keep in mind that there could be consequences there are trade offs deals and compromises that you need to factor in as well especially when you're going into a crisis meeting or a crisis mode the consequences can be pretty hard you may have crisis come to be that that effort or that project or that uh, position no longer exists or that deal does not close so make sure that you have other parties also standing in to gain or lose in this equation of uh, negotiating make sure you kind of hold the power where you want it so that you can sway the negotiating to your side and to your benefit comfortably and last but not least the solutions taking all these points into account that i've just talked about where is goals trades alternatives relationships expected outcomes consequences and power what you want to do is consider a fair outcome or what is the right foot forward kind of an approach that you're going to put in play and do that with confidence so those are the preparatory steps for you to go into any negotiation so that you are ready to tackle and anticipate what the outcomes may be it's a uh, pretty interesting but a social psychologist uh, by the name of adam galinsky says most people when they're speaking don't speak for themselves so it is important for you to speak for yourself and feel a part or connected to that cause that you're negotiating for be a good listener and that is an important piece of this entire thing only 7% of the people in the study that adam galinsky did actually listened and spoke for themselves the rest didn't do so so make sure that you keep a focus of yourself and what is the outcome that's going to impact you to be the highest priority along with turning on your listening skills to be in a better position and uh, having completed your homework and doing this about positioning it for yourself and listening will definitely give you better outcomes than most other situations there is a basic life cycle for negotiation first is to decide what you want to negotiate on then you prepare for all of the negotiating activities very similar to the homework that you need to do in order to get there then would be the actual negotiating that you do then you actually have to execute on what you have agreed or negotiated outcomes with and then last but not least follow up and close that um, whole uh, decision loop with outcomes and a status of success and completion of that project so in order to decide and negotiate you have to identify the issue define the problem decide whether you want to negotiate and be a dominant or a, a subjective player within that whole life cycle then in terms of preparing i have already shared eight bits of information that needs to be played out but more importantly understand the problem and make sure that you have all the roles of all the people defined 
along with having those relationships that we spoke about earlier have some standard definitions made so that you can define the bits that you have worked on and improve it and make sure you are keeping a close loop on the progress of the idea or the subject on hand that you have prepared for the next piece which is the crux of all the homework that you've done and uh, positioned yourself the negotiating has to happen and make sure you generate alternatives if it's not going based on the first ask that you made also suggest alternatives and evaluate those alternatives to determine how it will place in the end of the ROI cycle or the return of investment for all of this effort that has gone in select what you want to focus on and make sure you reiterate all of the agreed facts once you have completed and closed the negotiation capture the agreement in writing and make sure to circulate it with all the folks being the leaders the decision makers and the stakeholders in the project associate timelines to all of the negotiating and that's when it starts layering into the execution project now it's about following up creating a project plan a program to be able to carry out all of the agreed bits of this uh, negotiation and it's uh, important to keep it all documented and keep it uh, followed up at all times with status and risk items being called out lastly but not least nurture those relationships that you have built through this exercise and continue to follow up check compliance and agreements as you go along on this negotiating life cycle some of the steps that i'd like to kind of uh, give you a different perspective within negotiating would be the orientation and the fact finding okay so what i mean by that is you have to understand where the organization is or where the ask is in the priorities of that um, decision making tree so let's uh, talk about uh, saying i want to position myself for a promotion so you have to go ahead and look at it and say what has been the track record of your organization for the recent promotions that have happened what did they do to get that promotion and you should also look at the orientation of those people who were not promoted and why they may not be promoted so the orientation of where you are within the organization or what are the details of the environment that will factor in needs to be understood uh, very clearly because that gives you an upper hand in terms of the homework or the preparation or the fact finding that you're doing before you go in for um, the negotiating keep in mind resistance can come in all forms and shapes during the negotiating and you need to think about that in both a normal situation where there are a lot more naysayers on the table or at the table than the people who have agreed or accepted the proposal that you have put on the table so it could be a crisis mode situation where you're negotiating or it could be just a regular situation but you're always going to have those uh, resistances or the naysayers in the room be prepared for that along with uh, kind of keep yourself agile and go with the flow as they say so reform your strategies and come up with alternatives like i shared earlier having those alternatives 
and the flexibility to identify and listen to the people at the table and make those changes on the spot and reform to move and focus on the specific ideas that seem to resonate with the rest of the folks there are times when there are some very very hard decision making that needs to be done people who have uh, very firm opinions that this may not work and you need to take that as a challenge to make some hard bargains where you are saying okay get it understand that this is your hesitation why don't we approach it with uh, uh, the smaller alternatives or the smaller bits or the slower hanging fruit and then work our way up to the larger goal that is brought to the table always make sure that all of these agreements are understood written and signed off so that you are not in a difficult situation when you are in the execute or the follow up stage of a negotiation Okay. so those would be some five factors to be considered that cannot uh, complete the life cycle with ease also there are technically four phases of uh, every negotiating so the first one would be the preparing of your project or your ask and that is where you are assessing the objectives deciding on the flexibilities and planning the approaches with alternatives the next phase is the discussion phase where you are going to be exchanging positions creating an environment where you're listening to and a positive climate needs to occur in order for that decision to be completely played out The next would be the proposal phase. Once you have discussed it and received enough input and feedback from all of the players, now you go into the proposal. And this is where you agree on it, specify all the asks and make sure that all factors are understood, the goal, the deadlines, the timelines, the outcomes and the solution is all documented as a proposal. and the last but not least the skills that you need to do to get into a mode where the proposal has not gone your way and you need to go back to the drawing board and modify and make some concessions to reiterate on that solution and that value and don't ever forget to keep the goal in mind so there are times when a project has been negotiated and understood but you may need to go back to the drawing board and reiterate through what you had started with and where you are with all the varied discussions and um perspectives layered into your completion effort also remember there are multiple factors that could be associated to your ask so let's say for example you're going in and you have just landed yourself a new job you have the ability to negotiate on salary commissions telecommuting vacations and benefit package so now you also need to rank those elements into your ask so go ahead and say you know it doesn't matter if i have to work going into the office or working from home that flexibility is not really required because my children have left the house and i need more money so money then becomes a salary or a commission is your primary priority or ranking as number 1 
then probably vacation time is something more important to you but uh, benefits is not as much and telecommuting kind of uh, we've talked about already so that is what you need to do is put down those uh, different factors and uh, put it down in the rank of um, priority for you uh, so this way your uh, preparation for alternatives or discussion for alternatives become a lot simpler knowing what your priority rankings are for the ask you may also wonder how is it that uh, or what are the kind of uh, negotiating uh, patterns that have been studied or understood so there are four negotiating patterns that i would like to talk about today one is the distributive negotiation which is basically parties compete over the distribution of a fixed pool of values here any gain for one party represents a loss for the other party so it's just also called as the win lose negotiation or the zero sum negotiation so this is it's hit or miss right so that is distributive negotiation so there are no alternatives there are no priorities there are no trade offs that are part of this kind of a negotiated the next negotiation style would be the integrative negotiation which gives us one of the biggest chances for a win win in these types of negotiations there is more than one issue that is negotiated and the negotiators have the potential ability to do the trade offs which we did not have in the distributive negotiation and you can create the value based on the trade offs in many cases distributive negotiation can become very integrative in nature and if we take the time to search for additional issues and include that as part of your negotiating you probably will be able to get away with some more added advantages then there is a team negotiating where this type of negotiating situation uh, has parties that are made up of more than one person right these might include union contract negotiation or major business negotiations so that is where you have a team so your entire union is going and making an ask the last most important probably is the multi-party negotiation this often happens in very many situations in an organization or in a corporation you have the many layers of people in the people hierarchy and then you also have multiple people who are stakeholders or leaders who have that influence to be able to make that final decision so multiple stakeholders or multiple groups or multiple corporations may be negotiating at the table with uh, very many different goals for each of the parties but it's important to adapt a very collaborative style and be able to work through this multi-party negotiation who are coming in with different goals and different success uh, quotients in mind in order to kind of understand more about this collaborative uh, tactic ray mckella has suggested or kind of defined some trade-offs, trial balloon and shared interest as collaborative tactics. So now what does trade-off mean? Trade-off is basically exchanging options of differential 
values and cost to each party? And then what is your countermeasure? Stress the balance of value in this style. Offset offers which ask for equals or greater value to some parties or some companies or some stakeholders within this negotiating uh, table. So trade-off is the first tactic but it is a collaborative tactic. Next is a trial balloon. This is where you're posing a hypothetical option. Approach it from a perspective of saying, what if the scenarios are uh, including, or suppose we could play this out this way, let's try to do it. So you're gonna do a trial and error method with uh, some examples or less uh, invasive, impactful decision-making this is very useful where it's almost proof is in the pudding. So let's try it out. If it works, let's take this through. So that is the technique. And this offers a variety of uh, commitments from different people. This situation would be fantastic because you can't get everybody at the stakeholder table or the negotiating table to agree on something. So give a little bit of uh, what each person on the table may understand or be able to bite off at that point. Shared interest um, is another tactic. And this is reminding the other party of what are your interests and how does it complement their interests and goals. This is gives you an opportunity to make sure that you've got very clarified uh, interests and you could converge or diverge knowing that there has to be a balance in value and a cost proposition to both parties. So that is a shared interest tactic. The next tactic that I want to spend a few minutes on would be the neutral tactic. Okay, Neutral tactic could be that you emphasize on the deadline. So you incentivize the actions and uh, activity to be able to say that if it's done by so-and-so time, the offer is on, otherwise it would expire. What would be the countermeasure for uh, this deadline? Questions on the validity of the date, stressing the value of the deal and the solutionship and the timeline definition will be that countermeasure for you on this tactic. Then there is the other neutral tactic, which is always higher authority, deferring some of the decision making and granting approvals for third parties and saying that the final decision is yet to come will be a neutralizing tactic. So you're not going in for a yes or a no decision, but deferring it so that you get some more time to think about it and go ahead and get it done. This countermeasure for a higher authority always ends up with uh, sensing a sense of dissatisfaction and wasting of time for all of the people because you don't want to make that real decision and there is really no real one single person who is making the decision end of the day and so this can be seen as a little bit of a, a slowing down uh, process. The next one, which is again a neutral tactic, would be budget constraints. Establish a hard line about what are the budgetary limits on this tactic. I also identify saying that the interest is uh, there, but the budget is a constraint at this current moment. So use variables like scale, timing, customization to create a solution 
with budget in mind. So as I had uh, suggested with uh, the trial balloon, you can also use a similar method of phasing your projects based on the budget constraints as a countermeasure. The last but not least is the manipulative tactic. And here you make future promises. What are those? You're going to say, this sounds like a great idea, but we don't think we're ready for it right now. Let's go ahead and think about it in the next six months. So that would be a future promise. And here the countermeasure would be ask for it to be documented that you will go into a contract within the next six or eight months. There are threats. This is probably my least favorite, but it makes it very dramatic and kind of gives it an ultimatum. But in order to kind of counter that, you appeal the importance and the fairness of this process and share some of the common goals, and that will probably serve as a countermeasure. Expose competitive information is also, again, a very manipulative uh, tactic. This is offering competitors prizes and uh, information in the hope of being elected or getting this deal. This is not at all a favorite of mine, for sure. Know your competition, stress on your uniqueness and sell your solution and bring that value proposition instead of uh, getting onto the table with uh, foul play in a large extent. So I think I've kind of talked about the life cycle of negotiating, what is negotiating, what are the different scenarios that you negotiate with. And I've also shared some of the tactics that you can deploy or employ while you're at the table. So I'd like to kind of close off with a couple of people who have inspired me as examples for uh, this uh, discussion that I have uh, shared with you today. And that is, there is an author and a coach by the name of Dia Bendy. And she says, ask like an auctioneer. So what is the common sort of concern that uh, people have when they're asking for a raise? They are always going to ask for a raise, a number that they know will get an answer for a yes. But she says, no, don't do that. How does an auctioneer go out there getting the best deal for his goods? He keeps asking, is there 10? Is there 15? Am I hearing 20? Am I hearing 40? And so even if you're uh, really not uh, having anybody on the auction floor offering $40 for that particular item, you are able to kind of uh, create that synergy saying, oh, it looks like this uh, particular item may be worthy of $40. Should I consider it? I really think I want to have it. I'm going to go ahead and go for that 40 So they, as auctioneers, don't anticipate yes for an answer. Well, they can go ahead and close back at the previous bid, if nobody said $40, then they're going to go ahead and say, thank you, so-and-so, at table so-and-so, you've got it. And we were able to close this deal out at the last amount that was agreed on. And maybe in this case, it's $35. So don't expect a yes. And if you are expecting a yes 
for your negotiating that means you're calling yourself shy of what you could have actually negotiated so think about that and think about how you could position your auctioneer mentality into your negotiating for the ask and do not fear the risk of hearing a no it's okay you can always trade off or uh, provide alternatives if you heard a no but go for it with the assumption that you're not going to get a no and don't want to be shying away from what you anticipate will be the yes which may not be a true judgment of the situation the other story that i'd like to share is uh, the cio at oracle she came into oracle and uh, her name is jay evans and she was bringing in some new technologies into the organization when she came in she knew the ask from her side was very very basic and it is a must for every organization to have this tool set that she was going to propose but she went around in this new company new environment that she came into and spoke to everybody and made sure that she got their perspectives after which she laid out the plan and did all of the homework laying out the eight factors of preparedness to get that proposal to be presented to the ceo when she went to the ceo it was a slam dunk and why is that a slam dunk because she had already spoken to all of the people that the ceo would go to to get their perspective and opinion she had already done the marketing she had already done the selling so the answer had to be a yes because nobody had objections to it and the ceo obviously will reach out to the other stakeholders and the other influencers within the organization to be able to make that decision finalized so utilize the relationship aspect and know the players and you will absolutely be able to negotiate anything that you could think of i hope you have found this topic useful and hopefully i will hear from each of you through our mentor mentee program so you can go ahead and register at touchalife.org/careerhelp and join us at any time and please feel free to share your feedback and input on any of these podcasts that is labeled as mentor loop thank you for listening in and happy negotiating thank you you have just listened to tall radio podcast for more podcasts visit www.touchalife.org